Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 302. And away we go. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my yard. I'm a more breaker. Straight planning to war. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot. Oh, is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Shot of Wrestling, episode 302. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty, excuse me. <sighs> welcome to the show. We were in here last week because of the holiday weekend, and I didn't think you guys wanted to hear me rant and rave about what happened in Texas for an hour and a half. So we took off, enjoyed the holiday weekend. Tonight, my guest host was Holtie Greenman, but right before the show started, summarily and unprofessionally, he walked out. So there's a vacancy in my guest host chair. So who who best than Bacon himself? Bacon, welcome back to the show. I am back on this historic night. You know, Green Man dodged me once again. Yeah. Once again, because last time I was here with him, I beat him in trivia. That's right. And now he dodged me saying he has responsibilities. Maybe you should have a responsibility to show face. Face me like a man one more time. But no, you chose to take your ball and walk away, Green Man. But we're not here for that. We're not here. It's all about positivity tonight. Yes. But when the night when Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out, right, and Corey Graves was telling us what happened, mm-hmm. he used a sentence. They basically summarily and unprofessionally walked out. I'm like, that's just a fucking cool sentence. <laughs> yeah. Like, I never heard the word summarily before in my life. I've always wanted to use it. Right. And tonight was my opportunity. Summarily and unprofessionally. I mean, what a wordsmith Corey Graves is. You know, Green, green, you know, green Man... Walked out on his fans today. <laughs> you know that that's 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 terrible. Mm-hmm. It's a very disservice to do to many many fans out there in podcast land, trying to get a good, uh, you know, a good episode of this very very fantastic show dedicated to all wrestling fans. Shame on you, Green Man. Shame on you. Again, the show is from the fans to the fans. Again, two episodes into our trek, to episode four hundred. Right before the show started, um, that's before we get into the wrestling world that. Everybody's talking about. Thumb to the channels. Watch the Rangers just beat Tampa Bay Lightning. And I turn on the USFL. Yes. Ask if you were a fan. I'm feeling it. You're not into the USFL. No, huh? no. It's not that I'm not into it, but it's like I haven't since the start of the of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, yo, let me let me watch this stuff. Blah blah blah. I haven't had the chance to. I think unfortunately, okay. what they were doing with the. Uh, at USFL, I said XFL. I, that. I almost, I, almost did, I did that too. I was actually <laughs> discussing this tonight. I was like, the XFL is coming next year with, with my wife, but I'm like, the USFL. I wanted to kind of catch it because of the history and uh, and and uh, what happened in the '80s, but I haven't had the chance to watch because I've been doing other adulting stuff. <laughs> but I did catch it today, kinda. And I, one of the things I saw, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get into this game, but it feels like I'm just one of the 20 fans there. <laughs> you know, it's just it's not clicking for me, and I'm trying to give it a chance. But I hope I'm not saying that it it, it sucks by any by any uh, indication because I only gave it a shot for five minutes, and mm-hmm. I just I just couldn't watch it. I don't know if it was the commentary, 
I don't know if it was the the, the, the lackluster fans or or, or whatever they're not, or something the USFO is not doing right. But I hope they find a way to make a click a little bit. But I'm not really as of right now. I'm not. It's not something that I'll try to like tune in one more time. Maybe to championship game or something. I don't know. July third yeah. at Canton. Oh, they're moving into Ohio. The playoffs are in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame field. It's one of those things where I just turned it on in the background. I always keep the news on in the background right. just for noise. And I kept the USFL on, and I just watch it here and there. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about whatever. Right. But then the games start getting competitive. Now, the games not may not be great. Right. It may not be NFL level because they're not even saying they are. Yeah, you, you trying to compare it to the NFL is not. Yeah. No. You're glib. Yeah. Don't, don't part of this conversation. Yeah. Then. But every game I've watched, there have been a couple blowouts, a couple landslides, but every game I've watched has been back and forth, close with it a couple points. I, I catch myself being enthralled. This shit's fucking not that bad. I gotta give it, I gotta give it another shot. Then. And here's what kind of a loser I am. Mm-hmm. One of the first place teams in the North, I think it's North and South, is New Jersey Generals. Shout out to New Jersey's second team. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, that's the best team in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. The quarterback was Luis Lopez, I think his name was. I'm like, no way. I know that guy. That's the quarterback from the New York Guardians from the XFL. Oh, traitor. How do I know that? <laughs> they played like five weeks, four weeks. Five. Good fucking football. Very good. Yeah. So, and I like what they're doing because when XFL is going to start right after the NFL, mm-hmm. I think the XFL will be wrapping up when USFL, USFL starts. So it's not stop football. I'm enjoying that. Like in the background, I, mean, I like to watch next it. Next year is going to be, if you're a true football fan, you're going to be eating that up. Yeah. From September to what? Like July. July. And then back up again. If you're, I mean, if, if there's, you know, the five people to watch the preseason. Get a month off. Yeah. yeah right? And then just go back on it again. Yeah. But it's, it's something that I guess the American fan, I mean, people who have created these, these secondary leagues, I'm sorry not to belittle them, but you know, XFL, USFL. Oh, they're secondary. Yeah. To, Minor leagues. It's to, you know, indulge and, you know, have these people consume football content yeah. that they think is lacking. And obviously, it must be that, you know, people are consuming it, consuming it because down the road, you're going to have 11 months of this shit. Yeah. That's nuts, right? Yeah, no. I mean, I'm looking forward to the XFL more, especially with the working relationship with the NFL. Yeah. So, Smart move. to me, it's a nice little, it's a nice way of saying, hey, they're developmental for maybe people who didn't yeah. get a shot in, during the draft, who were undrafted. Yes. Who were injured or couldn't, couldn't go on the draft or something. The NFL blatantly stole a lot of stuff from the original XFL. Oh, yeah. And I don't think anybody really denies it either. No. But now the partnership is they're going to ha- allow, they're going to use the XFL to right. try new things, new technology, new rules. So it definitely is going to be like their AAA system. No, and it, that that looks fantastic. That's that's great. Yeah. I thought uh, back in, the, in 2020, unfortunately because of COVID... The football was a good on, on par. I think it was great. Um, XFL. Yeah. It was getting better. It was getting better. Unfortunately, you know, it was just halted to a, to, to a stop because of the situation globally. If I'm not mistaken, I think the ratings were getting cr- crawling up. Yeah. They weren't like skyrocketing, but they were definitely increasing as the weeks went on when people found out this actually isn't that bad. I actually had tickets to go to a game. Did you? Yeah. It was uh, them against St. Louis. The Guardians against St. Louis. Oh, and Battlehawks. Yeah, Battlehawks. Because a friend of ours was still salty about the uh, St. Louis Rams moving to L.A. Genius move about bringing right. the St. Louis. I mean, obviously. 
such a smart move again the XFL did. And you know she was all she was salty about that uh, that move. They didn't have football, so the closest thing now was the Battle Hawks. Yeah. So I was like, yo, I, they were good. Yeah, they were good. They were almost first place too. Yeah, and I, I think they actually had fans at the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think that's smart move the USFL is doing is they're not traveling. They have they're at one stadium in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, yeah. Like that saves money, saves travel costs. You're not going to sell out. No, Giants, I mean, no. you're not going to sell Giant Stadium, whatever it's called now. No. Yeah. So I think it's a smart move. I think it's a two-year contract. So good luck to them. I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you guys are as well. If you're a football fan, and it's just a nonstop football. Really enjoying it. I mean, America loves football. Yeah. It's America's it's America sport. I know they say baseball is America's sport. It's really not. I think it's, t- it's taken over. Yeah. No. It, it's just the, 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 the level of competitiveness and action that there is in football versus, like, baseball, for example. Like, yeah. I can't watch baseball on TV. No. Because I think the commentary is just bad. And it's boring, and they just run out of shit to talk about. Football, you don't care about the commentary; you just care about the action. Yeah. The and I, I, I believe you know football is number one when it comes to in this country at least. I think what happened a couple of years ago, if not longer, is when uh, the NFL started doing the NFL honors, mm. and then making a huge spectacle of the draft. Then what became a couple of years ago a huge spectacle of the uh, schedule release. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like us people who enjoy football like, are clamoring for more football content. So I'm wondering how is the, now spring leagues that's going to just everybody's going to be all about football now. I'm just curious that like, uh, there was a spring league in football, literally called the spring league. Mm-hmm. And the AAF, AAF, Alliance of American Football. Oh, that, the one that folded, right? That folded before I think COVID even came about. Yeah, yeah. Right before COVID exploded. So, something with money. like Something like that. Yeah. So then someone bought something. Like, I, I, I don't, think they bought the league at like last minute, and then, and then they just folded. What the fuck is this? So, spring leagues don't necessarily work out. And I just found, you just touched on it a couple minutes ago, and I just found out about it last weekend. The USFL is not a new thing. No, it's not. You said the 80s, right? It's the 80s. There's a, there's a documentary on ESPN Plus I found, Googling. 30 30, right? Yeah, yeah, which I didn't know about. I want to watch it this weekend because I, I didn't even know about that. I'm like, looking forward to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, they talk about uh, yeah, uh, what is it? Uh, how popular it was. That's how you got Buffalo's most famous quarterback. He started in the USL, USFL. Uh, Trump's investment in the Generals, hmm. and how that led to the demise of the USFL. But anyway, there's a lot of wrestling to get into. A lot of stuff trending this week. Breaking news tonight. Literally happened maybe like ten minutes ago. So I don't really have any tweets. I don't have any notes on it. We're just going to riff. CM Punk came out and announced a big announcement on his career. Turns out he's injured and he's vacating. Are you the UAW champion? I mean, I, I, just, I just received this news today, you know, after after having, you know, bad luck, you know, not having championships, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I became the women's tag team champion. That's yeah. right. Don't judge. And then today, CM Punk breaks his pinky toe, and I become I I, I defeated him, sorta, and became champion again. So for the first time ever, I am the AEW World Champion. Doesn't make any sense. Like he just said he was going to relinquish the belt. Tony Khan told him not to, and then you picked it up as literally they were fading to black. Chris Jericho said he has to relinquish it. Right. And then I get the notification on my phone just right now that they're going to crown an interim champion. Oh. So I'm not champion. So are they, well, technically, they haven't crowned one yet. So I think you are. So I'm. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing, Tony. So did we just do this though with the TBT and T championship with Cody Rhodes and uh, 
Sammy Guevara? I, I, I think they're taking a page out of the, the – you remember what they did in 2020 with the Cruiserweight title? It was interim because he couldn't enter the country. Yes. So, I mean – I mean, are we, are we, Is he going to build up to another ladder match when CM Punk comes back? I, I mean, at this point, I was telling you, like, before we went on the air, that, like, their next pay-per-view is in August. If it's yeah. something in his in his in his foot that might heal like quickly, he has time. He has three months. Yeah. So there was really no need for him to relinquish anything unless he didn't want to do the TV time and blah blah blah. And I, I, I or you know, then I started thinking about like, what if he's injured and he just doesn't want to show up to TV and it, it becomes this whole big mess again, like when he was injured in WWE mm-hmm. and nobody listened to him and, and he had to work and cut promos and all that stuff. I mean, he could he could have been on the commentary desk for all I care. Yeah, because AEW is not really beholden to pay per views; they're beholden to the ratings right now. Yeah, it's oh, it, you know, you barely talk about an AEW pay per view. How how often do you talk about that? Every three, every quarter. Once a quarter, yeah. Yeah. So, was there a need for him to do it? Sure. Did he feel the needs to? Probably because he kind of is holier than thou. So, we'll see where this goes. But it's a weird, it's a weird decision because he didn't say how long he's going to be out. He didn't say what the surgery is for. But the fact that Tony Khan wanted him to keep the belt is like, all right, so maybe it's not that long. Maybe said maybe we'll be back in like maybe six weeks, five weeks. Yeah. But then he, why bother crowning a new champion then? An interim champion. He, right. This is which the second is, time they're doing yeah, it within, which, what, six weeks, six months, interim champion. Yeah, which doesn't right. make sense to me. It, 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 I mean, Either strip him or get crowned a new champion. I mean, I if, if they want to do something that leads down a road where uh, I think their next paper is all out. I have no clue. Uh, so I, I think so, yeah. So... Most likely will take place in Chicago because that's where that I, I guess they're just sticking with these cities for two pay per views. Double nothing pattern is going to be in Vegas all the time. Mm-hmm. All Out's been in Chicago since the deception. So, gee, I wonder who's going to win that shit. Mm, true. Unless they pulled something from under us and Punk is not champion. Yeah, yeah it was a weird segment. Um, yeah. Best of luck to him, though. It sucks being injured. But the fact that he's not losing championship, good for him. And we'll see who the new interim champion is going to be. Uh, hashtag World Love. Imagine. <laughs> Wardlow, number one in the rankings right now. Yeah, how, where? Tec- I, don't know. I mean, isn't he technically just starting out? Isn't he one and zero in AEW because he's under- that's probably why he's number one again. Maybe. This is what we were talking about before. Maybe it's based on percentages of matches throughout the year that he's won. Wardlow right now is undefeated. True, so he's a hundred percent number one. Then you have Adam, Adam Cole right behind him. Bebe. and then Page is number three according to the rankings as of now. I'm like. Maybe just make a number one contender match based on the rankings. Don't do a tournament. Just have these two guys just... Are there automatic rematches in AW? They don't really play on that. Mm. But they they have had rematches for titles. Example being Moxley against Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that with that stupid uh, explosion match that they had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, totally forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. I think a lot of us did. The, the huge debauch the bot, the of 2021. That was... Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, again, he didn't mention how long he's out. It's a foot surgery. If you broke your foot, I'm like, surgery? But you're saying, I guess, everybody's different. Every bone's different. So good luck to him. Speedy recovery. It just reminded me of I'll keep the title. Finn one, Balor. Finn Balor won the Universal Champion. Yeah, the, the next uh, night. The next night, he had to give it up. That's yeah, what I, thought. I, was, that, I was there for that. That sucked. That's what I thought Punk was going with because he was, he was the tears in his eyes. He was emotional. I'm like, uh-oh. What, I, I, thought he had like a, I thought he had like a serious thing. I'm like, me too. you I'm broke like, your foot. This is serious. Okay. I'm like, is, something, is he going away for a while? Is something serious? Maybe an illness? Yeah. Does he have to retire or take, take some long time off? No, he broke his foot. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Playing the waterworks. Speed recovery. Nice. Good luck to you, bro. Moving on. Who else I wish a speed recovery to? Jeff Hardy. Russell Purist at Russell Purist. Quote David Melcher saying, 
Jeff Hardy was a mess going into the match versus the Young Bucks. From what I was told, it was really the Darby Allen match. He's beat up Public Enemies podcast at The Enemies PE3. Jeff Hardy is one of the most recognizable active wrestlers in the world today. And it's sad to hear that he's not in the best condition. With all due respect to his career and what he's done for the fans, now it's time for him to slow down and take care of his body. Christian Markle at Markleman, if Jeff Hardy is going to keep wrestling, no more hardcore stipulation. Otherwise, we'll have more poor performances due to recovery like double or nothing. I actually care for his well-being, and caring means sometimes just saying no. Health and safety, greater than holy shit moments. Jeff Hardy made his career about holy shit moments. So what is Jeff Hardy about the high spots, about these hardcore moments? What is the second half of his career going to look like then? I mean, Jeff Hardy has made it, has, has made it a point to have, you know, uh, high-flying high matches where the, it, it's him going from the top of a, a ladder through a bunch of chairs or a bunch of tables. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Hardy boys, uh, Edge and Christian, all remember to this day for their TLC matches and Dudley's to include them in there. But there was something that JR once, you know, touched on on his podcast. And it was, if you keep taking, you know, bumps on your neck on a turnbuckle, you're you're cutting your career short. You're going to live on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what's going on with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. But the, the thing with Jeff Hardy is that he has ingrained his identity on all these high spots. Yeah. On all on, on all these. And, and I'm not going to say hardcore. It's more like he's the risk taker. He, you know, he's falling off the Titan Tron. He, he's done all these all these crazy spots where if Jeff Hardy didn't do that, it's like he's doing a disservice to us. So, I mean, we as fans need to think about his will yeah. as well. Hey, we don't expect you're 40-something years old at this point. Mm, true. You're not going to move as fast as you did, you know, 10 years ago. We need to we need to give him at least that break now and just enjoy Jeff Hardy for the many years that he could give us if he doesn't do that anymore. So he, need, he does need to slow down. Definitely. But is it going to be the same? No. But we need to be – we need to acclimate ourselves to the fact that Time is undefeated. Good point. Yeah. Time's undefeated, and time will always take us out. You said you didn't want to mention the word hardcore with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. But we can mention it with Mick Foley, and look what happened to his body. Right. He can't even bend down and put socks on anymore. We don't want to see that happening to Jeff Hardy. But do you think he will slow down? It's ingrained in him. That's where that's Jeff Hardy, without the high spots, wouldn't be where he's at right now. Think about, like... There should be another guy. Think about, like, any any wrestler that you'll ask, hey, do you want... when When do you think you're going to retire? And they'll tell you, I don't know, because it's either I call my shot now mm-hmm. or it's going to be too late down the road and I become a parody of myself. So he needs to come to grips with the fact also that, you know, like I said before, time is undefeated. Your body is literally telling you, slow down. You're not young anymore. I can't take anymore. So he needs to come to grips with that. I know it's hard. It's hard for any athlete, wrestler, baseball, whatever, to come to grips with the fact that you now have less days ahead of you doing what you love than behind you. Yep. So, again, it, this this has to come down to us as fans. We need to accept the fact that this is not the Jeff Hardy of 1999 mm-hmm. or the 2000, 2001. This is a totally different dude. And, like, all of us go through are going to go through this. Where our body is going to tell us, hey, you can't do this anymore. I don't know how to word this without sounding like a dick. Is it sad? I'm not sure if it was you. We watched Double or Nothing together right. with some friends at Green Man's house. Is it sad that, I don't know if it was meant as a joke or as observation, the first thing we thought of was, he's sluggish, he's he's burnt out, he's gassed. Yeah. Someone said it could be, it could be a, T, a TNA uh, yeah. Victory Road situation. I mean, I mean. Happy it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Now that we know this injury, 
props to him for doing what he did. Because we again, I thought, oh no, I hope it's not something he fell off the wagon again. But the way he came back and I was able to finish that match, and the way he did finish that match, knowing he's fucking beat up, props to him. He, did, think, he did a good job then. I mean, hopefully it wasn't a situation where I know he had that match with Darby a few weeks ago. The way he fell off the fucking ceiling or something like that? Yeah, yeah. and like, you know. That's what he, they were saying just now, that that's where he got beat up. What if he had a concussion or like mm-hmm. something didn't heal right and they didn't diagnose it right? I swear to God, if it was a concussion, I hope they called that ahead of time. I, mean, I, I hope think, so. I don't think AEW is that stupid. But I mean, I mean not, not stupid. I don't mean that, like, yeah, young. Yeah. No, no, but it's like, you never know. Maybe, like, again, a concussion also comes down to, hey, how are you feeling? True. Can, can you, you know, you're talking to someone. Yeah. And you're asking them, hey, what are your symptoms? What are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. And they do, I hope they ran tests, as many tests as uh, they possibly could on him. Mm-hmm. But you never know. You never know. Because at the same time, you you might be feeling great and not really think about it. Not really wanting to tell them, hey, hey, I think I rocked my head. Because for a slight second, I thought about, yeah, maybe he was backstage. He did some. Guess what it looked like? It, it looked like that. And then, you know, he ran through the crowd at the end of the match. And I'm like, what the hell is he yeah. doing? Like, <laughs> Just so, the fact that it's... <laughs> The fact that his boot was unbuckled all the way down, and no one like he didn't fix it, no one told him. I'm like, what the fuck's this? I think one of, that boot. was one of the things I read. It was like something happened to his foot, mm. and then he was just like not in the zone anymore. I got shocked. Yeah, yeah, because he when, when he got on the top rope, he almost slipped. Yeah, and he just I, and one one of the words that was used when we were watching paper was gassed. Gassed. He yes, was done. That was the word. He was done. Like, I mean, props to him. He he kept going. And mind you, I think Matt Hardy took a, you know, carried it a little bit. Oh, hell yeah. Props to Matt Hardy, man. Yeah. Matt yeah. Hardy has done a great job in his career reinventing himself. Mm-hmm. Different incarnations of Matt Hardy. The extreme Matt Hardy. Then we had Matt Hardy version one. That led to another version of Matt Hardy. That led to, of course, broken Matt Hardy. And all the ripoffs from that. I'm hoping Jeff Hardy can do the same thing. Not reinvent himself without being the high flyer. But more grounded. Maybe give some sort of character stuff and... Enjoy the next chapter of your career yeah, without jumping off a 20-foot fucking ladder into cement. Listen, pitchers in baseball have to change their mechanics, mm-hmm. and they can become some of the greatest pitchers you've ever seen. You had somebody last uh, last night, the Yankees, had to change his mechanics, almost do a perfect game. You know, at this point in your life, there are things that you just cannot do anymore. The Undertaker, after his match with the, his first match with Triple H in, at WrestleMania, before yes. the cage match. That was the last time I saw him go over the top. And that was the end of it. He got so beat up, he couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, I get carted out. Yeah. Nuts. And that was the last time we saw him, like, yeah. be quick through the ropes and, and high flying, high doing high jumps. Yep. Listen to your body. Eventually, but you know what? People probably noticed that. But did we care? No. Nope. Because the end of the day, we wanted to see The Undertaker. Yeah. The story of WrestleMania is Undertaker. But now I think we do. We now know more about medical conditions and stuff like that, how it affects the body. Hopefully... Jeff Hardy can get the help he needs, recover, and come back in whatever version he comes back in and enjoys the second half of his career. Moving on, speaking about coming back, Bray Wyatt at Wyndham 6 changed his profile picture. Got everybody in an uproar. Now it's an upside-down like moth-like bug with the head of the Fiend scratched all in red. Following that, he sent a string of tweets saying, Patience, it's almost time. Another one said, I'm tired of watching, tired of hearing irrelevant clowns speculate how I'll be received, tired of hearing about my greed, my desire, questioned whenever and wherever I decide to return. I'll remind everyone why they know my name again and again. Believe in me. Hashtag, I found it. 
finally going on to say everything good that's ever happened to me first came a period of horrible suffering. I never ask why. I just wait for the rough part to end. I was chosen for whatever reason, and I've got shit to do. It doesn't hurt anymore. It burns. I am ready now. Oof. Wow. Some comments were Gareth at WWE Gareth. The commercial side of Bray Wyatt is big business, and it's going to take big money wherever he goes. Roman Reigns SZN at Reigns underscore error. My prediction, Bray Wyatt will return to WWE very soon. Quaxley Cool Blanking King of Strong Style at R2K Moon 2. Where do you come up with these names, man? Nah, I don't see it. You think they're going to allow his creative freedom and not book him to lose consistently? Two polarizing points. Where do you think Bray Wyatt will end up making his return? That's tough, man. And I, and the obvious answer to everyone right now is, yeah, Tony signed him. I'll believe it when I see it. And I, Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it, too. I don't think so. Yeah, first of all, I think if you keep signing... If, if Tony keeps signing all these big names, mm -hmm. you're going to oversaturate that roster. Which is already is. Yeah, yeah, you're already seeing that. Yeah. Most of them are on Dark. Yeah. Um, they only have one hour on Rampage, two hours for, for Dynamite. For me, the, the way that you can produce Bray Wyatt, the way he is now, the way he, he markets himself... If he were to sign up again, I would want him. I would want Vince to sign him again because they actually have the capacity to give him that creative. Not, I'm not, I don't want to say creative freedom, but to Input. express his creativity. Yeah. Because again, you are stifled by creative freedom in WWE. Yes. Because again, you're beholden to shareholders, you're beholden to advertisers, and all that stuff. But I think that they can, they can, you know, be the vehicle to have him, you know, express himself in the ring as a character with promos, etc., etc., etc. But you also cannot diminish his star power and his promotional power mm -hmm. by, again, someone in, on, on a tweet said that he keeps losing consistently. Yeah, when he was when he was the the uh, his last character with the mask and all that stuff, fiend, yeah. the fiend, he wasn't it, to me like it was interesting at first. At oh, first. whatever. But then Goldberg beat him in a couple of seconds. Bullshit. Kept losing and losing and losing. You, know, you built this up and then you had the the landing was just bad. Yeah, didn't stick. Yeah, so, but he was number one. I mean, in um, merchandise. Yeah, I think he's still up there sometime. And even that rest, the, the WrestleMania match last year was weird. You know, that ending was yeah. was, was weird. I mean, some things just the, the way that they treated him in terms of the results that he got in the ring, I think were a disservice to his character. Big time, and definitely hurt him. You no, know, he needed a big payoff. I never got it. Whether and I don't think it, the payoff is a title. Everybody thinks, oh, the big payoff is a title. No, the big payoff is when you tell a story mm -hmm. and something very cataclysmic happens to his character. Again, these are w, the wrestling is not just titles; it's them telling you a story. And the way that they solve the problems of a story is through a match, and something just didn't click with creative and with Bray Wyatt. And I hope that if, the, if let's say if WWE were to sign him again. They do justice to his character. They do justice to what he's trying to do. So we'll see in the future. At this point, I can't even give you an answer. Is who 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 is going to take that risk right now? Someone made a good comment on Twitter was the fact that Tony Khan couldn't afford Cody Rhodes. How could he afford Bray Wyatt? Another commenter made uh, Bray Wyatt was of all the releases for budget cut reasons. He was the only one actually for budget cut reasons. Oh yeah, because he was the only one making bank. Right. Yeah, well, Strowman, you, right? you cleared all that. Yeah, yeah. and Braun Strowman, you cleared all that room. Signed by Wyatt again. It's between him and AEW, WWE and AEW. Impact. I don't see him going to Impact at all. No, he's not. 
also don't see him fitting in AEW. Like I just mentioned, think WWE's where it's at. I think we'll see him there soon. And I'm sure everyone will lose their mind because everyone loves The Fiend. Everyone's dying to see him again because he's a brilliant mind. As you see with The Fiend and the Pee Wee Herman um, Funhouse thing. Oh, yeah. The... So looking forward. I'm looking forward. I, mean, I, wasn't, I was never a big Bray Wyatt fan, never a big Fiend fan. I did enjoy watching what he's cre- his, creatively his stuff outputted. Was good. His stuff was good. I mean, e- so. even his, even for a, a guy his size and, and body type, yeah, dude could move. And some of those funhouse sketches were great. Yeah, dude, dude could move in the ring. Yeah, he was, pretty, he was not bad. I actually enjoyed his match with the Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. Well, gr- what was his uh, what was his tagline? as Husky Harris, uh, a tank with a Ferrari engine or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And it makes sense because that's what he, he, he can go. He can go, yeah. So was, we'll, see, we'll pay attention closely to see what the future holds for Bray Wyatt. He's definitely ticking things up on Twitter. So hopefully he'll drop more little Easter eggs as the time goes on. But before we move on to the big news story of the week in TV Takedown, my former co-host is back. Even though I gave him like a, a heartfelt proper goodbye, he's back. What? What's an interview? He interviews Nikolai White. Take it away. What is up, everyone? It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann. Hey, listen, Michael J. Putty, he can fire me all he wants, but he ain't getting rid of me because I am here with a very good guest of mine. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for a very talented individual. I have done work with him, BWF, work a colon commentary for his matches. Nikolai White, what is good, my man? Uh, how's it going? How's it going? How you feeling? Oh, dude, forget how I'm feeling, dude. How are you doing, dude? It's been I'm feeling great. I'm on, I'm on top of the world right now. I got a I got a big weekend ahead of me, and uh, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, there you are, dude. There you are, man. And I see you staying hydrated right there, as you always call for. You, you tell always. people drink drink more water, right? That's yeah. always the <laughs> the catchphrase. Hey, listen, I always wondered this because you know, as I said before, I've done commentary for your matches, but like it, during the before your show gets set up, like, you know, I'm busy setting up, asking questions, kind of have limited time. You're going over your matches with, with uh, whoever you're working with. You're getting ready. You're, you're getting your routine on. So we never really had a lot of time to, like, really, like, fully interact a lot. And, uh, you know, I was always curious about you because, listen, I love your work in the ring, man. You're a phenomenal athlete. Uh, but I've always really wanted to wonder, like, where did the whole thing, Drink More Water, come from? What, what was that for you? Okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of music. And uh, a lot of my inspirations come from, from music um, and art. And uh, Drink My Water actually came from a, a rapper named Mick Jenkins. And at the time, he, he had a mixtape called Waters. And, like, one of the songs, like, his ad-libs would be, like, Drink My Water. And, and basically, that stuck with me ever since. And as this mixtape come out, he had a mixtape that, The Waters, that came out in 2014. And I, I was listening to that every single day and actually got me to drink more water. Like, at the, that time, I stopped drinking soda and juice and all that stuff like that. <laughs> that's so funny. That dude, that's funny. That message, like, you know, rang true for you in so many different ways. Like, it made you, like, more hydrated, hence more healthy. And then also, it, it kind of formed into your brand. No, So, you know, how, how do you bring that into the wrestling world for those that may not know? It's basically, just, like, incorporated my personality and just, like, I took the, you know, the... Um, catchphrase and just made it into my own make it more larger than life than it already is so i kind of have practice you know i've been watching a lot of the battle rappers how they how they do stuff like that because so it's basically if you see like battle rapping it's basically like 
like two wrestlers going off of each other in promos. So that's how I kind of incorporated to that into the wrestling. Now I, I know I, I was going through your socials and I see you you are you're hip hop artist yourself. You have an album. Uh, did it come out or? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I have I have four mixtapes out. Four mixtapes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the hip hop community, it's it's influenced you greatly. Obviously, is this something you want to be? Did you like want to be a wrestler? Did you want to go into more hip hop? Uh, basically, music came like kind of like came recently in my life because um, during the pandemic, uh, I wasn't getting booked as much as a wrestler, so I had to find a way to like occupy my time, and music was was there. And I always loved music. Uh, music been around like forever around my family and um i never knew i had a passion to make music until that time and it was all locked down in the pandemic and stuff we couldn't go anywhere and i actually took that time to actually make art with music so that's how basically how it happened yeah i mean i do i feel dude like i feel like the pandemic for for artists and i do view wrestling as an art uh, it was very tough, man, because, you know, it, in a lot of ways, it took away an outlet for us. But yet, in a different way, it, it helped us find other ways to still create art. Yeah. You know, what, you, you can't kill an artist spirit, I think that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I feel like that was, like, the most important time of my life, because it's actually I actually found what Nikolai White is. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that time actually gave me something to, like, actually build a character, um, build a personality that I want to present to the world or the wrestling world. So it was music and then all the other stuff that I, I did before, like doing like internet stuff. I did like internet videos with my friends that you probably know, Subway Mania. Now they're going to be at the show that I'm doing um, one night only for Invictus Pro. So I took all those things and uh, I built the renaissance that I'm currently going as now. That's the character that I'm going right now. So all those different things during our, the pandemic actually build something that I'm proud of that I, today, you know, the character, that, that the stuff that happened in the pandemic build the, the, the Nikolai White up today right now. Dude, yeah, I, I noticed that. That's something actually I want to talk to you about is the Renaissance because I, I see the evolution of Nikolai White and it's really cool to see because I feel like uh, you were still pretty early in your career at BWF. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you were still trying to find yourself. You knew who you were in that ring, but like overall, <laughs> a, a, as a character, it still seemed like you were still trying to find yourself. You had a little something to grow off of, and it's it's progressed quite a bit here, seeing the Renaissance. So, what does that mean for you, the Renaissance? So, uh, where did the name itself come from, and where do you want it to be, or who do you want the Renaissance to be? Well, the Renaissance, the character. Uh, I grew up in Harlem, and um, and we had the Harlem Renaissance, so. I, I guess like everything that I am right now that is just built off from my, my upbringing in Harlem, especially in New York, because you, you have different things and, and uh, a lot of um, outlets to get your hands on. I was always into sports. I was always into music, dance, modeling. So basically, uh, that's that's how um, the name Renaissance is. It's like the Renaissance man doing all these different types of things. And currently I'm doing these, these types of things. I'm rapping, I'm, I'm doing music and wrestling, I'm acting. So I just put that all, that bus together. And that's how the Renaissance came about. Yeah, man, I, I dig it, dude. I, I feel like 
when I saw you introduce that, that, that name, the, the, the moniker, the Renaissance for you, I, I just felt it was just such a perfect fit because that's, that's what I think of you as, you know, I, I do look at you as someone that, that is an artist who takes pride in his art. You know, even, even when, uh, you know, talk backstage about like, you know, I asked you about your upcoming match, like you, you viewed that, like the, what you do in the ring as art. And I can tell I got that vibe from you. So the Renaissance suit hats off to you, man. I, I think that's perfect. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> no doubt, dude. No doubt. So, so you talk about acting. I'm an actor too, man. So, so tell me, yeah. is there something that's new for you? You're breaking into, or is there something you've always done? Uh, this, this is something I really want to do. I like. I always did like small, like YouTube videos. Like I, I did. I had my own short movies. Uh, I used to do when I was a teenager. So I, uh, I, I do have aspirations of being an actor. I, I want to do movies and stuff like that. I have. I have done. TV once when I was like 13, 14. It was a show called Six Degrees on ABC. Um, I was like an extra, and the, but the show only lasts for like six episodes, so you probably can't find it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. No, but that's cool. Like, listen, dude, I, I think what you're doing is you're forming you're forming a brand here. And I think that's really smart. Like, you know, no one, especially in 2022 in today's environment, like, you know, if you're just one thing, you're doing a huge disservice to yourself because you, there's so many different things you can go with as a wrestler. I mean, we've seen, you know, look, I mean, Sasha Banks, you know, going into um, the Mandalorian. We've seen what the rock does, you know, we've done John, we've seen John Cena. So like just to pigeonhole yourself, it's just a wrestler uh, is not a smart move, but like you, you were realizing that I think you're treating yourself kind of like a business here, if you will. Uh, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, uh, I think that's what helped me. You know, if, um, like I said, during the pandemic, if I did, what if um, I couldn't wrestle no more? And what if I don't have all these things I could fall back on? Uh, I love wrestling, but I'm, I don't know if this could last for like 20, 30 years for me. You know what I'm saying? No one ever um, does. I mean, that that's no, the, the no risk ever, you take as a wrestler. Yeah, no one ever knows. So, Anything can happen in wrestling. You know, you got to have a freak accident and then you have an injury and then you can't wrestle no more. But luckily, if those, if those things, God forbid, it don't happen to me. Fingers crossed here, man. I will have those things to fall back on. I have music. I have acting. I have all this different stuff. You know, always have a backup plan. What really, like, inspired to me to do that, you know, Becky Lynch. You know, Becky Lynch had, like, different ventures out you know, because she retired in 06, but she, she was like, she did clown. She was a pilot. She did all these different types of things. So I always took that, her journey in wrestling, I took that. I'm like, okay, this is, I, I must have something to fall back on if this is not going to last forever. No, it, it's it's a gamble that you, you take as wrestling, not just on your body, but just like, you know, you're putting years of, of work into this and you never really know for sure if it's going to pan out, you know, just, just like any artist, if you will, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean you stop trying, man. You, you just evolve <laughs> as a person and as an artist. And uh, again, man, kudos to you. Like, you know, plenty of people took the pandemic as like a woe is me type of time, but like there are plenty of others like yourself included that took the time. Like, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to come out of this better. Was there a certain point for you during the pandemic where you where you thought to yourself, "This is what I have to do"? Was there like a breaking point? I kind of you could say you could say that. I, I guess it was just like off instincts, the survival of the fittest. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I'm always <laughs> I, I, I'm 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm ambitious. Like I'm an ambitious guy. So whatever the world has, you know, raining down on me, I can't stop. You know, I, I, I always strive to be the best. Always strive to be great, and I always strive to have my artistic visions to be put out in the world. Well, the, the reason I asked that, Nicola, and, and you can stop me if I'm getting a little too personal here, but you recently put up a post on social media that at one point you were considering pretty much walking away from wrestling because you're starting to mm-hmm. doubt yourself. And every artist, we go through that. We, we, are, we doubt ourselves. Uh, you know, what, what was it that, that had you starting to doubt yourself? What, what was it that actually saved you from actually walking away? I, I think it was like the support of like the veterans that, that, um, that really kept me going because these are the guys that I admire. These are the guys I look up to. You know, these are the guys I watch and study, and they always tell me, like, look, there are always going to be bumps in the road, right? It's not all glitz and glamour, but if you stick to it, eventually you reap to your fruits of your labor, basically. So it was basically the guys that I uh, I consider my, my mentors that really kept me going. I basically have to suck it up and, and just focus on what I wanted to be, uh, I, what my vision I wanted to be in wrestling. And those are the guys who help me a lot. Listen, man, let me tell you, we go, we all go through these ups and downs in this road. It's a mm-hmm. crazy journey. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what, what doesn't get spoken about enough is like that support system to find those, those mentors in your life that, that mm-hmm. paved the road, that have been there, uh, that can talk you through it. So that's very important. I'm glad you found that. Uh, Nicola White, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show, dude. The Renaissance, uh, where can we find you next, man? Where can they fi- follow you on social media? You can follow me on social media at uh, Instagram, Nikolai White, 777 underscore. That's both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Drink more water. (laughs) I'll cheers to that. In the meantime, thank you for coming back on the show, Nikolai White. And everyone else, stay tuned for TV Takedown. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Great interview. Thank you, Nikolai White, for your time. It's it's really uh, eye-opening to hear how he created the Renaissance, especially talking about the evolution of his career. And I did not know he was going to walk away from wrestling. That's a shame. Yeah. Especially to fans out there that have followed him. So it's always always a shame when uh, a guy you follow for a while just decides to step away. Yeah. So happy he didn't. Thank you, Nikolai White, for your time. And thank you for opening up to us and our fans. Hope to have you back soon. But it's that time, Vacant, to finally talk about what everybody's talking about, the number one trending topic all week, Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman, and that promo on Wednesday Night Dynamite, which was the um, conclusion of days of speculation of he no-showed the fan event. Was he going to show up to? Was it a work? Double or nothing? He had a flight. He was leaving. Then it shows up. The first match, he gets squashed. Was it the punishment? Who knows what's going on with MJF? My thoughts, much like your thoughts and everybody out at Green Man's Place, oh, I think it's something's not right here. Something's not adding up. Something seems a little fishy. I don't, I don't think this is legit. So what happened on D- Double or Nothing? Yeah, we don't... Something. Then Dynamite, I think, much like I think you thought, solidified that this is a work. But everyone else thinking that as well. It was a great promo. Yeah. Epic, pro- epic promo. Good job to him. You can tell that he definitely released some stuff he was holding back. Your thoughts on MJF and his promo? I mean, uh, yes, it was good. I think I think it was 
fantastic having someone you know air out his grievances quote unquote yeah a couple of issues I feel a butt coming okay yeah if this was something that you were presenting to executives at the company that you're trying to renew a contract for future airings mm-hmm. right and you have this expletive latent promo wow laid out to you yep mind you they were bleeped because I believe TNT producers or whoever's in the back well just the F word right the, those he ship bombs the F word the ship bombs were clear you know the, the, the word shit has been used you know rather religiously in all cable channels at this point mm-hmm. with the exception of some shows it it was weird to me that you're trying to present that in front of executives especially when you you have advertisers and all that stuff that you have to be beholden to so was it the right time to do it i don't think so unless tony khan was playing a trump card I think that's what it was. Yeah. I think he was showing the executives at Warner Brother Discovery that, hey, we're the alternative. You don't see the other guys doing this. We're going to go raw. We're going to get edgy. We're going to drop some expletives. We're going to make it real. And that's what they did. They gave us but everybody you, talking about it. But don't you think, though, that, like, you have, if you go back to 2011 in the other pipe bomb, right? You had CM Punk. Don't the other. It's the pipe bomb. I, I, I feel weird calling this a pipe bomb. It, it was. It was a pipe bomb. Because we knew it was scripted. Oh, no, you... Well, the other one was scripted, too, kind of. Yeah, but it felt more natural. This didn't I mean, feel... that one, he, he said what he had to say, but they told him to go out there and say what he had to say. Yeah, this didn't feel like that, though. This felt but off. Th- this, this felt... The difference between the, two, between the two is one of them was, you know, all natural, but this one was a bit overproduced. Okay. But what I felt with Punk's thing was it was genuine. Yes, these Good were point. real things that were coming out of him. That he felt wasn't right with WWE at the time. Mm-hmm. With MJF, I feel like I'm trying to buy this, bro. Something. But I really can't. Missing. I really want to see where this is going. Yes. Because I felt that throughout this entire year, MJF needed one big payoff. Unfortunately, he didn't get it with CM Punk. Definitely didn't get it with Wardlow. At this point, what are you going to do with this dude? And it's been building that, like, this is the guy you're trying to push that eventually is going to rise to the top. And it's such a slow burn at this point. But now Very where slow. the crossroads were, you have Jericho on a tweet saying, hey, if you don't want to be here, get out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pulling his merch. Yeah. They pulled him out of the roster list. I mean, they're going all in on this bit. They unfollowed him yeah, on they Twitter. Followed him on Twitter. I'm like, if this is a work, fantastic. If if you if you're one of those people that thinks it's a shoot, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, yeah. right now I'm intrigued, but I to me it was just weird just seeing this thing where I thought that in Punk's case he didn't need to use an expletive True. to deliver a powerful message. Because when I say AW, they have the ability to use expletives and they use them just to use them. And I think that's no, what I, I think in this case they, they it was a little. Okay, you're trying to. I understand you're trying to be like grungy here mm-hmm. and hardcore, and you know, this is a t- different type of uh, entertainment company. I think you dropped the F bomb to a show, the like the people in the back. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you're, you're also. It's harder for you to deliver a message being that explicit. I'm not trying to sound like I'm a pussy or anything in this case. I didn't care for the exploded. But I'm talking about if I was an executive, right, and I'm looking at this. And I'm thinking, wow, there are actually kids watching this crap. Mm-hmm. We can take it off the air like, like that. Yeah. So that was my worry. It's like, 
maybe this wasn't the way to go about it because I'm still a fan of AEW and I want him to succeed, but we'll see where this goes. My worry was, okay, you, you showed your card. It was great. A little too much an uptake. You should have followed it in a, in a way that, yes, he, he could still be an a-hole. He can, he can still be a douche. You know, you can make it seem like he's this guy who has been busting his ass and not getting anywhere. Yeah. And do it in a way that you don't really need to show, like, all your cards. Or say, like, hey, I, I could do all this. He, and, and, and I think he has a way. To, he, he could deliver that. They just didn't because this is just a guy who just was really pissed off that day. So, but I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Yeah, months of, it just we're not we're not saying it's the greatest thing ever, right? Clearly, this solidified to us that this is work. They're playing all everybody, including I think people on the roster. Right? Doesn't mean it doesn't. It's not good. Doesn't mean we're not intrigued. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, no. A couple months ago, might have been his last promo in AEW, but Cody Rhodes came out and he was booed relentlessly. Oh yeah. And I talked about it on the show because I loved it. Just the fact that in a matter of, what, three minutes, he got the crowd cheering and loving him. And, like, the way he controlled the crowd. He pulled the John Cena. And was able to, like, tell his story and got the crowd behind him. Even though they are just fucking booing him and cursing him out two minutes ago. But here we are. MJF, shut the fuck up, Chance. Booed out of the building. He mentions WWE guys. Mentioned what everyone's saying. I think stuff Dan Lambert's been saying. Yeah. On air. But Dan Lambert, yes, no one pays attention. Mm-hmm. Jim Cornette's been saying, but he's MJF says, "quote unquote." Everyone's thinking, everyone starts cheering him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, he hasn't eating out of the palm of his fucking hands. What a craftsman that man was! The way he just manipulated the crowd. Well, he he catered to something that we all been thinking about. Yeah. As soon as a WWE guy was released, oh, he's going to AEW. And that was the biggest was. criticism. Yeah. But my question to you is, I don't know if you thought the same thing I did. You have a young upstart. Wildly popular, good or bad, but he's definitely over. Attacking the boss, is this they're going? To, is this going to be their version, or are they going to try to recreate Stone Cold Miss Man? No, no, no. That's, a, that's first thing I thought of. You can't recreate that, but they're going to try. Well, why attack the boss no. then? Tony Khan's not even "quote unquote" on air. He's not a character. He's not involved anymore. Right. So why attack him this way? Well, no, no. That was that was the point I was about to get at. I'm like, you can't recreate it because there's a difference between Tony Khan and Vince. Vince could actually go. Vince got in the ring, mm-hmm. got himself dirty. Vince had the physique to do it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take a bump. You know, I've done this before. Let me do it. This is the guy that taught you know Rob Gronkowski how to jump off something and land on the floor. You know, at seventy something years old. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan's not going to do that. Tony Khan's going to be that. Tony Khan's character, if he there's ever a Tony Khan character on AEW. Which he swore would never be. Yeah. It's just going to be this guy who's just going to send out somebody to take care of him. Or is going to try to screw him over. He's he's just going to be like that behind the scenes, like, boss who has henchmen kind of thing. Kind of like a Dixie Carter thing. Okay. You know, Dixie Carter had EC3 and had, like... You know, also, Dixie Carter was on... on uh, an on-air character, though. Right. And at the same... If you remember, they, they, they kind of did this with Bully Ray. Yeah. Well, the whole point of the story is to put it through a table. Yes. Right? And it, it got over somehow. And then finally had a payoff with her going through a table. There's already you know? And same thing with Bret Hart, where the whole point of the match was him putting him in a short period. Yeah. That's all you wanted to see. But it, it's not going to be... It's not... It, people are saying, oh, this is Wish.com's, uh, you know, Austin versus McMahon. It's not. It's really not. This is really a disgruntled dude who thinks he deserves more 
and someone else is flirting with the idea that, hey, we just might hire you down when your contract expires in two years. So you know what? We're going to play off this. I'm going to play off my hand. I'm going to act like the guy that's going to increase his value. Let's see what my boss is going to try to do to keep me in this fucking company. So what is the payoff then? Why attack Tony Khan? What is the payoff? How does this end? It ends with either you give MJF, MJF what he wants, or you just give the fans what we've been clamoring for MJF to have, and that is either a world title or some stability that this is our man that will lead AEW into, I'm not going to say brighter times, but into bigger times. We want MJF to be that face of that company, but we're not getting it. We're getting frustrated, too, because at the end of the day, he's been having these feuds yeah. that just don't go anywhere. Well, again, he doesn't, he doesn't need the title. He's beyond that. He doesn't need it. But the fact that you're clamoring for him to be the champion, that the payoff is him, if Tony Khan giving you what you want, him being champion, does that make him a face? Isn't this going to be a face turn, then? It might be. But it, I mentioned Someone mentioned online somewhere. Uh, I forgot what report it was. I'm so sorry for whoever did it. That the, the promo did not go how AEW wanted. They did not expect MJF to get cheered as much as he was at the end. Well, because he mentioned the XWWE yeah, thing. And that's it, what, because he touched upon what we said. Yeah, that's you the, know, what, what we've that, been saying. Definitely the crowd behind him. Yeah, yeah. So of it's, course they're going to cheer him for that. They're going to cheer him, and I think he tried to like back them off by you know tell him to shut the f up and blah, all this yeah, stuff, which did not work. Which didn't work. Yeah. That just made us. Cheer, I mean, yeah. that's just going to make us cheer for you more because we love that crap. You know, we love this. We love a douchebag. You know, especially in this day and age, the douchebag is always going to get the eyes on a product. Yeah. But Absolutely. this is not going to be like, you know, the typical, oh, yeah, Tony Khan's going to, you know, bend over backwards and he's going to give him money. It's not going to happen. At this point, the way that, if, seeing as this is a work, the way you're going to give him respect is to put him at the top and make him be, have a run at the top. Against who or what, who knows? I, I don't think I would get there from here. But then if and you it, give him what he, a title run, if you give, put him in the title picture... That seems like Tony Khan submitting to him. Right. Tony has, to Tony has, has, he has to stand up for tell, himself, though. You also have to tell the story of a guy who, I guess, can strong-arm the company to giving him what he wants. You know what I mean? This is a guy that's trying to be a top star, mm -hmm. while there are other people who are hungry, waiting in the shadows. But this is a guy who's been overlooked because there are these other people jumping ahead, in him, ahead of him in the line. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair to him. X W E guys, right? Yeah, and that's not fair. You got you 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 have an X W W E guy in Punk who had the title for a good week, right? Mm -hmm. People are thinking, oh, maybe it's Danielson. It's not going to be Danielson. Danielson's too busy with his whatever he's doing right now. Yeah, it has to 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 MJF. The, I in his mind, he's like, I'm the guy who came here day one. I'm the guy who's been busting my ass since day one. And people have been jumping hoops over me, and I'm not going to get the respect that I deserve. And he is going to demand and command, not demand, command that respect. Well, then with the commercial, CM Punk came out to confront him, speculating that this feud is not over. This might be a title picture down the line. Now that CM Punk is hurt, would it be too soon to pull the trigger and putting him into the title picture? You can put MJF in the title picture right now. I'm not thinking, would it be too soon? No. Based on what this whole work shoot shit's going on no make him intern champion and and down the road give him a title shot uh for to you know unify the titles on the road with uh with punk if that's i think that's where it's gonna go yeah yeah but now if you give him the championship everyone's cheering him do you keep him as a heel or do you turn him his face 
it really wouldn't matter. Okay. I mean, at, at this point, if MJF were to win an intern title, right, uh-huh. people are going to cheer. If MJF were to beat Punk clean, yeah. no ring, it wouldn't matter. What if he loses? We booed the shit out of the fact that he lost. Yeah. Therefore, turning on Punk. Turn on Punk. But that, that, that doesn't equate to a, a heel or face turn. One, the one interesting thing with w, with AEW is, yeah, they'll have their heels and they'll have their, their baby faces. But if you look at, like, when they go to the uh, wrestler's hometown, they're technically a baby face for the night. Yeah. So they don't really care about a baby face or heel as much. They just care about the character, who, what he invokes, what he's trying to tell you, you know, what what he's trying to give to you, what he's trying to deliver to the fans. So, to me, it really wouldn't care. Would MJF as a babyface work? No. No. Um, I think his promos are better delivered as a as a heel. His character works better as a heel. He's, he uses a Miz. Yeah. You know, Miz is, even to me, Miz was cringy as a babyface. It, it didn't work. So, you also have to play on the character to be consistent with heel characteristics. You know, is he going to badmouth punk is he going to continue strong arm tony khan is he going to run train through multiple people on, in the company roster you have to keep him in line and make it seem and have him deliver promos and deliver matches that make you think man this guy is a total asshole dirty finishes etc etc he does on the miz but going back to a tweet we interacted with on our twitter account sean slate at slate underscore s42 People saying MJF would be just like The Miz in WWE as if it's a bad thing is hilarious. Would suck being a two-time WWE champion, eight-time Intercontinental champion, two-time US champion, eight-time Tag Team champion, Money in the Bank winner, and WrestleMania main eventer. He forgot first-time, two-time Grand Slam winner in WWE. How come The Miz is getting respect? And if the, if the MJF's career mirrored The Miz, would that be a bad thing? There's a difference between Miz and MJF, though. MJF's shtick wouldn't work in WWE because he'd be beholden to creative. Yes, that's why I don't think he's going to jump ship. Right. So if he jumps ship, he'd be heavily stifled of what he would say. Yes, I agree. Miz is able to deliver, deliver what he is told to say very effectively. Hmm. Well you said. Know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm able to believe in the Miz every time he goes out there and he says what he has to say to the fans. I believe that this guy can be like that in real life. I'm not saying he's a douche like 24-7, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I can... I can I can imagine that like Miz is a little cocky. Yeah, you know he thinks he's number one, and and if he what he didn't think he's number one, there's something wrong with him. You know, something wrong with anybody that doesn't think that they're number one, or if you're not striving to be number one. So I can believe like and, Wardlow. Yeah. So I, if people were thinking, oh, if if he's gonna go, if MJF is gonna go to WWE, he's gonna be he's gonna be great, blah, blah blah. No, he's not. He's a promo guy. He's mostly a promo guy. That's what I'm saying. Is MJF a you know a fantastic you know you know legendary wrestler? No. Was I talking to you about that? Double nothing? He's not that good of a wrestler? No, he's not. He's not. It, it's it, his character. It's to me. His character and his promo make him good. Yeah. It, it, you know, he'd be a Black fantastic manager if, it, if yeah. it was really the case. You know? But I don't see him going far in WWE. I don't see... His wrestling ability won't take him far. His promos are going to be heavily, heavily, you know, constricted based on the writers, based on the creative given to him. He's not going to have freedom. No. So, there's your difference. And, uh, and anybody that disagrees with me, I, I don't know what to tell you. Would you want to see him in WWE, though? Just see what it's like. No. I don't think I do. I don't think either. No. 
Again, I've been saying this for no. WWE's words out, though. He's, WWE's the king of the mountain. You ain't nobody until you step a foot in the WWE ring. I still hold to that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. No, I can't really say that because I don't. Again, I don't. I said the same thing. I'm saying it for months. I don't see him in WWE. I, I don't see him succeeding. If I want to see you in WWE, I want to. I want to see you being given a chance. I don't. I, that doesn't mean winning the world title. Yeah. You know, because again, there have been great world champions that have made us great non-world champions that have made us a Hall of Fame. Most that of have them. been remembered. Yeah. You know, but in his case, I, I don't see it. it. And I I I could see this guy chasing after the twenty four seven title and make it funny. Mm-hmm. Is he is he going to be like mid card at best? Probably he'll probably be start of the yeah, show. He won't be the main event, but he won't be main event. Not at all. Maybe main small. event like main event at main event. Yeah, he's too you small. Know? Yeah. But I don't see. I don't. I, maybe a raw with a tag team, but yeah, that's as far as it goes. I don't see him. I don't see him headlining WrestleMania. No. Someone uh, moving on real quick, kind of over time. William Real came out at the Jericho Appreciation Society. Was in the ring to announce. I think Moxley as well. To announce blood and guts, which I thought, oh, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, someone made a comparison. That's his shtick in NXT. <laughs> he came out and said <laughs> war games, <laughs> but him saying blood and guts didn't have the same effect. No, I'm like, no, it didn't. I don't think many people caught on to that. No, so I, nice, I didn't even catch up. That's a nice, that's a nice Easter egg pickup by that guy. I, I, I had his name written down, but I fucking lost it. You made a good comment. I think it was you only give credit for it if it wasn't you. That AW. Had a runtime of four hours and forty minutes. You said this halfway through. Two nights. Yeah. Two nights is so much better. I mean, that's a lot of criticism for it. I don't think AW could pull that off. Not yet. Because yeah. WWE has the discount of being quote unquote free or four dollars, five dollars on the network. Right. Peacock, whatever you're paying for, it's you don't have to pay the sixty dollars twice. Right. I think they go two nights, maybe sixty dollars for both nights, maybe some sort of discount. I'll do it a bundle. But there's no way you can do a pay per view. And the last pay-per-view, I think it was MJF, CM Punk, that the dog, I think it was Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really watch it, but I was following it online via Twitter and the, the this, uh, pages and stuff. And it was around like 12 o'clock midnight struck. I think the minute was just going on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, good thing I didn't watch this. And I felt that at Green Man's house. I'm like, it's, it's past 12 o'clock. They're just coming out now? No, oh, yeah. I left his house at a quarter to one o'clock in the morning. Oh, he was man. falling asleep. He had work the next day. I think I left after the trios match. You left the minute. You left yeah. the halfway. Yeah, I think it was, so. Yeah. It, was kinda, it was halfway. Yeah. yeah no, it, it's it, too long. Listen, I understand you do a pay per view every three months. Eight matches tops. Yeah, I've me and my former co host had when we were commentary days had a call paper um, shows for the promotion we did. Mm. And there were like twelve matches, thirteen matches, and it felt long. Yeah, but they were to keep contain it to I think three hours. Right. That's any event. But this, four hours and 40 minutes for 13 matches? Dude. Too much. I was happy with the days where, let's say, WWE would produce a pay-per-view, start at 8, ended at about 10.45. Yeah. Right? We'll see that Sunday. And that was good. I was ready to go. I was like, yeah, I can go to sleep. I can do whatever. And I can talk about this tomorrow. I'm happy with that. And they were, what, seven, eight matches tops? Yeah. It's easy. And you had 20, 25-minute matches. Start this at 7 o'clock. Go back to 7 o'clock pay-per-views. Because then this match would have ended at 11.40. <laughs> he would have bought another hour. Yeah, oh probably. God, no. <laughs> so, there's something we've talked about a couple times on this show. AEW doing this Owen Hart tournament. Am I wrong in feeling dirty here? It feels like it feels weird. It doesn't it's feel right. Weird. It doesn't feel right. He didn't have history there. 
there's a word I used that my former co-host said was wrong word to use. And I, I agree. It might've been the wrong word to use, but I can't think of another word to use in its replacement of petty. Again, her husband died. I don't, I, I don't want to fault her for that. I'm a big fan of her husband. She can do whatever she wants, but why? And Cheyenne last episode was saying how W wanted to honor him numerous times, but she won't let them. She won't let them. Yeah. Clearly she doesn't hate pro wrestling. Clearly she hates Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon took that spot. He, he ascended, descended from the roof. It was a fucking accident. It just doesn't seem right that AEW, it seems like they're taking advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. Now Owen Hart's going to have figures in AEW. He's going to be in the video game. It just, I don't want to go too long on this. It just doesn't sit right with me as an Owen Hart fan. It doesn't. I'm happy he's being recognized, but this is not right. It's not the way to go about it. It's petty. It's a nephew. Again, I don't think petty is the right word, but I don't see what, what, what I can else to say. No, no, it, it, it is a word to say. It's a nephew. Hey, you're not going to make you, yes. You're not going to make the money off my my husband's name because you quote unquote killed him. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to these people who will, you know, treat him properly. Dude, yeah, he was in Stampede and whatever, but he didn't become Owen Hart without Vince McMahon. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that. It was just a tragic accident. Yeah. I, I mean, I I don't want to fault her for it because she's I never lost a husband or a partner. Yeah. So God knows what the hell she's going through, but it's does Vicky blame Vince for Eddie dying? That's a different story, though. No, but does she? No. He didn't die in the ring, though. Doing but, a stupid stunt. No, he but, he, but, he, but he died doing what he loved, no? She understood that? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's an FU. Anyway, I, I, also, I think I'm in the minority here. Those belts are not, both belts are ugly. I don't want those belts. They're too big. They're too gaudy. I, I heard that it was a homage to Stampede. Oh, you know what? I take that back. I can see that. Yeah. I apologize. That makes it's sense. It's a homage to I didn't even think about that connection. Yeah. Then, you know what? Fuck me. I like those belts. <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up. I don't like the color, but I understood why. I mean, Adam Cole holding a pink belt just felt weird. But whatever. I mean, they, they, they were nice. They were nice. For, it, it, it gave it history. Nice nice homage to history. Vacant, so let's, we need to move on. I just saw the time on the timeline here. We might have to make this episode two nights. You know, I, I mean, it doesn't matter. It was $4.99 on Peacock. Yeah. You put it on. Tonight, I watched uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions with one of my all-time faves, J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-T. My boy Jeff Jarrett was on Stone Cold's podcast, and it was <sighs> great. Okay. Haven't finished it. Watched half of it because Stupid Smackdown came on. Which I was fucking watch for this throw. So I'll watch the rest of it either tonight when you leave or tomorrow when I'm sober. But so far, from what I've seen, I say this a lot of times when I watch Stone Cold stuff. He's the best. Yeah. Great episode. For me, it was great to listen to because as a big Owen Hart fan that I am, again, last episode, we talked about it, his anniversary of his passing. We just talked about it earlier today with the AEW tribute to him. I've never, I've heard a lot of stories about that night. I've never, never heard Jeff Jarrett's point of view from that night. Right. He t- he went into detail. You remember watching Over the Edge? Yes, of course. Do you remember they cut to a backstage interview? Yep. And they had... They interviewed Jarrett. And Deborah, yeah. And he was, like, all nervous. Yeah. All, like, he didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden you saw Deborah. Deborah had this look on her face. Yeah. Oh, shit. He talked about that. Yeah. He said Owen Hart got to the arena that night. I don't want to spoil it for too many people, but I guess I will. He found a private, like, little closet room for them to just change. Mm-hmm. And some guy named, I think, I want to say Mark. I forgot the guy's name he mentioned. 
went up to them and goes, oh, all right, all right, Owens, time to go. And Jeff Jarrett realized, all right, Owens third, I'm fourth. So right now they're in the middle of match two because Owen Hart has to go up top. So I have about 15 minutes to get finished getting ready. Well, a guy comes back in not 15 minutes later. <laughs> Jeff, we need you time to go on. He goes, it's not, it's not time yet. He goes, no, come on. We got, something happened. We got to go. So he's rushing to the interview spot. At, he, doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on. He's taping his wrists up. And as he's about to get, start the promo, a flood of people rush by him, including Owen Hart, on this gurney. And he, did, he doesn't know what's going on. Someone told him Owen fell. Ugh. I'm falling it. I apologize. Still watch the rest of it. He thought Owen fell and hurt his knee. Like most wrestlers do. They fall up and hurt their knee. He fucked up, yeah. Then he got to the ring, felt the rope was loose, felt the indentation in the ring. Did his stick with that chick, I thought her name, Bass, Nicole Bass. Nicole Bass, yeah. And as soon as he went to the curtain, somebody was waiting for him with a cop. He was like, I gotta go. So he packed up, he changed, got his shit, got in the back of a cop car, the cop drove him to the hospital. He kept asking what's going on. The cop would not answer him. That's when he knew shit hit the fan. Jeez. And just hearing Owen's one of Owen Clark's closest friends. They were a tag team at the yes. time. Yeah. I, I had never in the 20-something years since it happened heard his point of view. I don't. If I did, I don't remember it. I, I'm sure something I would have remembered. I mean, yeah. Being that close to him, yeah. being on the road with him, being a tag team with Thinking him. Thinking he just hurt his knee. Damn. But but then that that, that kind of like brings up, what was he thinking when that promo that he was cutting in the back? Yeah, he didn't think. He didn't. Because he didn't. he wasn't prepared? No, no, yeah. Because yeah. if you recall from that, he just like said whatever and then, okay, I'm a bounce. You know? But even you as a fan in the house, watching a pay-per-view like that. You didn't know what to take. You didn't know whether you want to take JR's word for it. Oh, Owen Hart died. What'd you say? Even is this me, a work? This is a work. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened? You know, like one of those nights I'll never forget. But again, I never heard Jeff Jarrett's point of view, and he's one of my all-time faves. So it was great. I'm only halfway through it. I have left off the week after that happened. It was Jeff Jarrett versus the Godfather for the IC Championship, which was supposed to be Owen Hart's match. Right. And that's where I left off. The stupid SmackDown started. Damn you, Vince, for you yeah. know, making me watch some other thing with so, other programming. But definitely check out Stone Cold's podcast with Jeff Jarrett. If you're, if you're not a Jeff Jarrett fan, because I'm, I'm interested to see that what happens next, his story about TNA, how that happened. Well, they'll we'll, definitely talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about Stone Cold. He's talking about AW, TNA, Impact. He doesn't mind going there. As of Jericho, happened a couple months ago. And also with, with Cody. He yeah. spoke about AEW, so... So, definitely check out Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions on the network. And it's just weird to me because I was going through it today. There's a lot of Stone Cold episodes I had not watched. But I would have watched if it was on the network. It's weird how it's just Peacock. No, you know what it is? I, I, don't, I don't gravitate to Peacock like that either because it's just like... It's on my list. There's, you know, there's a couple stuff I watch. I'm like, yeah, I'll go for the pay-per-view. But yeah. then I'm like... This this app sucks. But I do miss the network. I miss the network. I, I do. Everything's right in my face. I'm so sc- I don't scroll over to anything. You know, they I actually organize it a lot better now. Because back when they were starting, it's much better now. Yes. Back when they started, you're like, you, I had trouble. Like, it was I don't want to watch Thunder today. It was WB and everything was just there. Yeah. Now it's more categorized. Yeah. Yes. They, 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 it's now much they better. Have a nice thing like, that you know they have WCW. They have like years. They have. It's all good. Now I'm not trying to plug. 
Peacock here. But um, check out Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken yeah. Skull Sessions on the network. Anyway, this show will definitely be two episodes. It's a historic night tonight, gentlemen. It's a historic night. I replaced Green Man. I became AEW champion while sitting yes. here. While sitting here. I didn't have to do crap. And here I am. You know, just having having drinks with my boy Putty. Are you the first person to be AEW champion and women's tag team champion? At the same time, yes. I can't think of anybody else who even fathom fit that category. Yeah, yeah. First time. Beat that China. Yeah. May you rest in peace. For people listening for the first time who don't know who the fuck you are, explain Vacant again. I am just a placeholder. I am just a guy that when he's needed, I'm there because I have no choice. Yeah, thank you for feeling here for the vacant green man who turned his back on me and his fans. You walked out summarily. But is that is that true or is that at work? Stay tuned for the next episode to see what happens. Where can people find you on social media? WWE Vacant 316 on all platforms, my friend. So guys want to see me i'll usually come out you know say something about what's going on in the wrestling business every once in a while we had a post tonight before someone crowns oh, me of course. Champion. i'm gonna post about that i'm gonna post about being here and i'm gonna post about green man dodging me again green man it's coming and i'm coming for you my drink's empty your drink's empty let's refill it up let's go home for vacant for nikolai white for my former co-host I've been your host at Majay Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody!